You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Joris Brion. Hey, this is Joris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I have a very interesting guest, Graham Charlton. Uh, Graham is the editor-in-chief at SalesCycle. Um, he's been covering e-commerce and digital marketing for more than a decade now. Um, before he joined SalesCycle, he wrote reports and articles for uh, e-consultancy, clicks, search engine watch, and a lot more. Uh, Graham, welcome to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. Super happy to have you here. Thank you. Nice to be here. Maybe before we really get started, um, can you tell everybody a bit more about your background, where you come from in your career, how did you end up at SalesCycle? I've been sort of working in and around e-commerce for 10 or 15 years now. I started out doing various things such as um, copywriting for SEO uh, until I joined uh, e-consultancy, which at the time was um, a small growing business kind of reporting on the, the growing digital market and e-commerce market. So I guess I was lucky enough to be, I mean, this was around about 2005 or so, so I'm looking yeah. to be, you know, at the start when kind of e-commerce was really sort of getting going um, and digital marketing was just kind of, it was relatively new. And so, you know, I've been lucky enough to see a lot of the growth and what's happened since then. I mean, a lot's happened, you know, the kind of growth of Google, things like the iPhone being introduced and the sheer growth of e-commerce as a market. Um, all that's happened, I guess, in the last 10 or 15 years I've been I've been covering it, so it's been quite an exciting thing to see. Yeah, right. So uh, you started at e consultancy, and and, and uh, how did you evolve then and ended up in the uh, sales cycle after that? Um, e consultancy, I stayed with for a while, and you know, the big thing there was the you know the growth of e commerce, and that was our speciality. So mm -hmm. we wrote a lot of reports, helped a lot of businesses. After a while, I wanted a new challenge, so I actually in between worked for Clixy and Search Engine Watch for a little while. But uh, when the chance to join Sales Cycle came up, I grabbed it. It was um, a different thing for me. So working directly for a, a B2B business dealing with a lot of big e-commerce clients was, was a really good challenge. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, tell me a bit uh, about Sales Cycle. Uh, what kind of problems does Sales Cycle uh, solve exactly? Um, I mean, broadly speaking, we solve anything, we, you know, we use customer behavior and data on customers to help e-commerce sites to convert or retain or increase conversion rates. Um, the primary thing we deal with would be car abandonment. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason the company was formed in the first place um, about 10 years ago. Um, and basically it was, you know, our founder, Dominic Edmonds, um, just saw the issue there, you know, saw that lots of people actually, you know, browsing sites, putting items in the shopping cart, but not actually going through and, and buying them. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple idea, really, of just when you see this behavior, it, it, it's, it's an indication from these customers that they intend to buy. Um, they might have bought if circumstances were different. And, and really often the case is just a little reminder um, of what they might have bought is enough to sort of give them a, the push to go back and, and complete the purchase. Mm -hmm. Now, sales cycle is a, is a lot more than, than just card abandonment, and we'll, we'll uh, talk about that later, I guess. But yeah. um the card abandonment, what are, are like most common reasons uh, why visitors abandon uh, their cards? Um, there are a lot of possible reasons. I think, you know, the most common in general is just that people are browsing and researching. I think, you know, we all do it when we're shopping. We kind of, we have a look at a few things, pop them in the basket, and sometimes, you know, you decide, you know, you want to check the shipping costs, you want to see how mm. long it'll take to deliver or you're not quite sure, go in the basket, and then you think, okay, 
maybe not now, you know, and you go somewhere else, you do something else, perhaps you get interrupted. Um, but, you know, you, you're essentially showing an intent to purchase or an interest in a product, but you're basically not ready to buy it there and then. Mm. Um, I think in a lot of cases, some products take research. So, you know, if you're buying a, an expensive item or perhaps a holiday, then you take a little bit of time to sort of try a few different sites, make sure you get the best prices, the best deals, perhaps checking with your family and friends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there are a lot of reasons basically just around, you know, you're not ready to buy yet, you know, haven't made a final decision. Uh, and in that kind of situation, this is where kind of the cart abandonment emails and the reminders can help. Right. And and what would you recommend for people setting that up? Um, are there any best practices around cart abandonment? Uh, when should you email them and how fast should you should you email them? What kind of content works well? Yeah. There's a lot there. The timing, for instance, um, it's one of these things that, you know, I think anything in e-commerce, you test to find the best. Um, right. Best solution that works. In our case, we generally advise that within around an hour after abandonment, mm-hmm. we send the first email. Um, in that sense, the, the purchase or possible purchase is still in the customer's mind. Mm-hmm. It's fresh enough that they're probably likely to be in the same place where they're about to buy it, maybe with the computer still near them. So they, they can act upon the email straight away. Mm-hmm. We then tend to send a further email 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that missed the email or maybe weren't ready for the first email. Uh, and in that way, we kind of make sure that, you know, most people who plan and get a good reminder of it. And so, yeah. if they, you know, they have the chance to go back and buy if they want to. Um, obviously, timings, it's, it's what works for one client in one sector doesn't necessarily work for another. But that's our general rule of thumb. Yeah, and and what about messaging? Because, uh, uh, for instance, we, we've set that up for uh, several clients as well, and uh, we've seen like very good results with the first email that is almost, well, it's, it's just like, it's not even designed the email. It's just uh, an email saying, hey, um, can we help you? Um, was there something unclear? Did you get stuck? Can we help you? And uh, make it feel like it's an actual person sending it uh, and yeah. being very helpful. We've seen that work pretty well. What, what's your experience with that? Is, it, is there anything in terms of, of messaging that works better than uh, something else? Yeah, I'd agree. I think the kind of the personal tone, the customer service tone almost, you know, you're offering to help. Mm-hmm. You're there to provide some assistance for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot that goes into a good, you know, cart recovery email. I think um, a clear message is obviously the most important thing. Right. So the subject line will, will, you know, tell them, you know, you've perhaps you've forgotten to buy this, you know, you've left them in your basket. And the basic thing is a very clear reminder of what they were about to buy but didn't and a very clear route back to the checkout to complete it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, a very clear call to action to say, return to checkout, complete the purchase. And the idea is it's just super easy for them to go back and complete the thing, complete the purchase they abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, what are like common mistakes that you see e-commerce make when it comes to card abandonment? In terms of card abandonment in general, um, beyond people researching, people are deterred from making purchases if they encounter problems within checkout. So, mm. for example, making a customer register. Yeah. Um, when they want to just get in and get on with buying, that's a common deterrent. Um, so the solution to that is an obvious one is just having a guest checkout. Mm. So it's just nice and easy to put their email in and continue through. Indeed, any source of friction, really, whatever, you know, whatever that interrupts the, the purchase is going to deter a certain amount of people. So if a form is unclear, 
um, if they're getting repeated error messages, if because they put the postcode in in the, in the incorrect format, mm-hmm. um, or if forms are just overly long and complicated. Yeah, you know, all right. those things. You know, just it's just that friction where people think I can't be bothered. Mm. I'll abandon this, and that's so. If you make it nice and smooth as possible, you'll kind of minimise car abandonment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, so, sales cycle is more than just car abandonment. I, I already mentioned that. Um, what else does sales cycle do? Um, we do. I mean, we do generally. You know, we call it behavioural marketing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of solutions we create, which is basically around understanding customer behavior and websites mm-hmm. and using the data and the behavior to, you know, influence and help them to convert. So, for example, we will use on-site conversion messages, mm-hmm. um, things like live product trends. So, for example, you might go onto a site, you're looking at a pair of shoes, and you just, you know, as you're about to leave the site, we will, we can sort of send a message to them. We'll put a message on screen saying, you know, there are only five pairs left in this size. And that basically gives a sense of urgency to the customer that, you know, if they want those shoes, if they're thinking about it and they're not quite sure, if you don't act soon, they're going to go and you're going to miss out on them. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Other things we do are things like countdown timers. Mm-hmm. Now, these can be used on the site or possibly in email messages. And that will be a countdown timer that tells them, you know, how long is left before they can take advantage of an offer, how long is left before the sale is finished, or how long before they qualify for next day delivery. Mm-hmm. And always kind of, you know, it's it's just good information for customers, but also it's it's things that prompt them to make a decision a little bit more quickly than they might have done otherwise. Beyond this, we kind of, we offer a lot of, um, one thing, for instance, um, I'm sure you're aware of GDPR and various data privacy laws we've had recently. So that's been something we worked upon. So we offer now something we call our marketing permission service, which is um, a service which will enables you know e-commerce sites to gather marketing permission from from customers to say when people sign up, they know they're given consent to receive certain types of email or to receive marketing, and we can now manage that for companies so they're compliant with the with the relevant EU laws and other laws. Yeah, I think that that's interesting because it's an, an issue that comes up uh, quite often. It's like, okay, is this okay GDPR-wise? And there's a lot of uh, discussion uh, about some of the things like, uh, let's say, browse abandonment, um, mm-hmm. card abandonment. How how do you get consent for that? Do you need consent for that? Um, so I think uh, I, I've seen how on your site how it works and um I think it's very clever, uh, the way it's set up. Can you explain a little bit how, how it works, the marketing permission service? Yeah, I mean, we gain permission in a couple of ways. So first of all, we may have already logged in customers who have already given permission to receive marketing in various ways, which mm-hmm. includes you know, browser reminders or, or cart abandonment emails. On site, for instance, we can, at the point where a customer enters their email address, mm-hmm. at that point we can display the message that you know makes it very clear to them what they're opting into and gives them access to further information about the privacy policy and everything else they might need. So the idea there is people are consenting for email and subscribing to emails, you know, with full knowledge of what they're getting, they're not being tricked into it. It's basically, you know, they're interested in the brand, they want to receive some messages from that brand. And mm-hmm. you, really it's quite simple in that, you know, as a marketer and as an email marketer, you want to send messages to people who want to receive them. Yeah. 
And if you do that, and you've only got people on your market list who are interested in you, it's actually going to be more easy for you. Uh, one of the other things uh, that uh, SalesCycle does is email email my basket. Can, can you explain what it is and, and how effective that is? I mean, that's the kind of thing where it ties back in with what I was saying about people spending time comparing products and researching. So the email my basket thing is something that when, when people are showing um, an intent to exit, so I guess yeah. maybe they've been um, idle on the screen, they haven't touched the mouse for a few seconds, or they're moving towards the, the exit button or the yeah. back button on the browser, we can then say to them, you know, okay, you're not ready to purchase now. Enter your email here and we'll send you a reminder of your basket content. So it's a kind of, you know, easy way to say, you know, okay, I'll save this for later, maybe I'll come back to it. But it's a way to get, you know, keep the customer interested in the product and allows the retailer the chance to to pop up a reminder in the customer's email or or via an SMS message. Yeah. Do you have, do you have any data about that? How how effective that is? How how much it's used and what, what the conversion rate is after that? Do you mean of the um, email basket or yeah. Yeah. in general? Not the email. Um, email my basket. Yeah. Um, I don't have any precise data to hand. I'm sorry. It's um. We know it works quite well, but it's it's one of these things where we have a lot of data for car abandonment, how effective that is. Mm-hmm. The email is something that's um, slightly more recent, so we haven't got as much data together than that so far. Okay. But I can imagine it, it, it works particularly well on, on mobile, right? Because you do a lot of research on mobile, uh, but you just don't want the hassle of checking out on mobile and you, you send it to your Well, you'll have it sent to yourself so that you can pick up where you left off uh, on desktop later on, maybe in the evening when you get it back home. Is that yeah, what you notice as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the mobile thing is, you know, the stats we see is that more people like want to browse in mobile than actually want to buy in mobile. So when you mm-hmm. look at the stats, you see that even in the second fashion where most most transactions now take place on, on a mobile screen, there's still this thing where, you know, more people will browse than buy on mobile. And mm-hmm. I think it's a thing where people are kind of, um, perhaps they prefer to convert on desktop or maybe mm-hmm. using a mobile phone. You know, the site doesn't work quite well enough for them to feel confident going through checkout. Uh, and this is an area where I think a lot of retailers can can improve. Mm-hmm. Just to make it nice and easy on mobile to make the checkout simple, make payment easy. Is there like one of the uh, sales cycle features that works really well on mobile? I mean, um, I can imagine all of them work uh, to some degree, but maybe one of them is, is like particularly well for mobile users. Yeah. I think everything we do, we design for mobile and desktop alike. Mm-hmm. Um, so all our emails are designed to be optimized for whatever device the, uh, the customer picks them up on. Mm-hmm. The one really mobile feature we do that works incredibly well is um, SMS remarketing. Mm-hmm. And that's basically sending, instead of sending a cart bottom email when somebody uh, abandons the basket, we we send a, an SMS message. Okay. Um, I'm sure as a mobile user, you know that kind of, your phone's almost always next to you or in your pocket mm-hmm. or just next to you on a table. So these messages, we have an open rate, something like 98%. Oh, wow. Um, because people are there, we they basically see the message we send. Mm-hmm. And the click-through rate is is often three times that we get on email. Oh wow! And that's a very effective um, way of kind of prompting customers. Okay, yeah, I, I I know it's very personal for me. SMS feels like 
invading somehow in my personal space, but I know it's that's just me, of course. Uh, yeah. Do you see any, any differences culturally? I mean, from one country to another, I can imagine maybe US versus UK that there are differences in there. Um, we see that maybe it's, to be honest, they work quite similarly well. I think mm-hmm. maybe slightly better in the UK. Okay. Um, sometimes that's just the case that we have, you know, a few more clients in the UK might be using that rather than in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's something that works um, in general very well. I do find in general with mobile, the UK customers are slightly more inclined to tr- to convert on mobile. Okay. I think the US is catching up and it's it's growing in both areas. But I think, uh, you know, the UK is actually, you know, in terms of mobile, and certainly fashion retailers in the UK are actually very good at converting on mobile and have done quite a lot to make it, you know, to make mm-hmm. sort of mobile as good as it can be. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, um, another thing is, uh, so you you, all, you also do uh, browser abandonment uh, emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any tips for that for people who want to set up browser abandonment emails? Browser um, uh, abandonment, I think you know that's that's we're looking at you know customer behavior and learning from it there. So mm-hmm. when a customer browses, it's just another way of saying they're interested in a product. Mm-hmm. So you know what we mean by browsers that people have you know searched for a product or looked at that product page, which basically means they're putting their hand up and saying, look, I'm quite interested in this product. Maybe I'm not ready to buy. They've not gone through to the cart or added to the cart, but that doesn't mean they're not interested. Mm-hmm. So we're basically talking, you know, we're basically taking our customer behavior and trying to remind them of that and just give them a little push. And really the secret to the good um, browse reminders is that we're using customer data and behavior and we're learning what they, how they behave on site and, and really the best thing to do with those reminders is to use the customer's past history as well as the products we've been looking at to mm-hmm. just to give them a really relevant recommendation. Okay. And that's really what it's about. If you're showing products in, in emails that customers are interested in and have historically been interested in, then it's just more likely to be effective. Okay. So you'd rather do, well, send a, some kind of recommendation and sending a promotion to push them or nudge them towards the purchase? Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things where we tend to think that um, the reminder alone is effective. Um, mm-hmm. Promotions, you know, if, if, for example, that product, there is an offer at the moment or the, the site that we're browsing has a sale or anything like that, then it's one of those things if you mention in email, you know, it, will, it can make it more effective. Mm-hmm. But we tend to think, you know, the, the quality of the data and the message alone you know, it can be enough to convert customers without necessarily having to use promotions. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's interesting, and it can actually save you some margin, of course. So that's a yeah, that's a good tip. Um, one of the things I sometimes struggle with with browse amendment is is the the creep factor uh, because some people find it really creepy um, yeah. to get an email for something that they just they, they just saw it. They didn't really take any action on that. How? What's your take on that? I understand, you know, that some people think like that. I think um, it's a common thing. I mean, for example, Amazon does it every day, really. Yeah. If you just browse a product category on Amazon, you'll be getting an email about it the next couple of days. Yeah. I think it's best when it's done very accurately and relevant and based on the customer's behavior, in which case the, the customer receiving the message sees that it's more relevant to them and what they're looking for rather than it seemingly be coming out of the blue. And I think, you know, some customers will 
you know, object to certain market and, you know, can't be helped. But a lot of people are receptive to this. And I think what they're receptive to most of all is, is you know, the relevance and the kind of, you know, usefulness. Mm. So if you've been looking at something and we send you an email saying, here it is and here's something that might go with it well, then we're actually being helpful to them. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a difference, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, so one of the things you can also do uh, with Sales Cycle is an abandonment survey. Um, yeah. What are some good questions to ask? So um, an abandonment survey, that's when someone is leaving uh, the site and uh, basically it's based on accident, I, I believe, and then a, a survey pops up. Um, what are some good questions you can ask at that point? Uh, yeah, I mean, the surveys kind of, we use in various ways, but okay. it can be when we send the cart abandonment emails and after the second email, instead of, you know, keeping asking them to come back to check out, we'll actually instead try to find some useful information. Mm-hmm. So I guess the key question is, one of them certainly is, you know, what stopped you from buying mm-hmm. from the site there? So what was it that kind of put you off from going through the purchase? Uh, and this is kind of information that can be very useful to the retailer. So it could be simple answers such as, you know, I was just browsing, just researching, but it could also be, you know, the customer could say, well, you know, I couldn't completely check out because I had a problem. Or, you know, we found your delivery costs higher than your competitor. Uh, and this is information that, you know, the retailer can take on board and actually use to, to improve and stop future abandonment. So if there's a checkout problem, for example, then, you know, they can start doing some tests. They can ask around other users, come um, carry out more servers, and they can fix the problem and reduce their abandonment rates. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a goldmine of information. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's one of these things where, you know, I think with, with um, e-commerce, it's, there's no right and wrong answers, and a lot of it is all about testing and finding what works for your customers and what doesn't. And, you know, there's a lot of very good tools to do this, you know, um, user testing tools, um, you know, site recording tools, etc. But sometimes just asking the customers can be as effective as anything because you can get a very precise piece of feedback that can identify problems yeah true and and, and asking a question like, like what nearly stopped you there's always going to be quite a few people because they well they didn't stop they 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 went on and they, they purchased in the end so there's going to be a lot of people saying well that, at least in our experience when we ask us questions a lot of people say nothing but maybe there's like 10 percent of the people who actually give an answer and and, and those are gold mines because those ten percent probably, maybe I don't know. There's, I, I don't have an exact number. If if, if ten people mention something, maybe there are, there are a hundred people with the same problem, and only ten of them converted, and the other ninety went away. And uh, so yeah. every every single thing uh, a customer says at that point can be very very valuable to to uh, further optimize uh, your site or the information that is on your site. Um, yeah. Or or maybe. Yeah, I think some people, you know, have higher tolerance of problems than others. So mm-hmm. when a checkout's a little bit tricky, um, when a form's a bit tricky, you know, some people will, you know, figure it out, have a couple of goes and work it out in the end. Others will just think, I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. and go another time. It's, so what, what stops one person might not stop another. But if there's an issue there at all, then it's going to stop a certain percentage of people or, or deter them. I believe uh, SalesCycle also does like cross-sell and upsell emails. Do you have any any tips for that? Um, best practices for upselling, cross-selling in emails? Yeah, I mean, again, I guess we're we're back to relevance, really, because I mm-hmm. think that's the secret to the most good sort of email marketing. So, 
I mean, really, when you're upselling and cross-selling, you're attempting to kind of, you know, increase the order value for the customer mm. uh, and just, you know, not make them buy, but, you know, give them ideas of things they might buy that um, they wouldn't, weren't necessarily planning to on that trip. So cross-selling, I think, is basically one of those things where if you have a relevant product to the one they're looking at or the buying, then it, it really just makes perfect sense to put it in the path and make sure they're kind of they're aware of it and have the option to buy it. So I guess the obvious thing that would be, you know, if you're buying a camera, then you're going to need possibly a memory card or a case for the camera or, you know, various accessories. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why not make it very easy for them to buy those things? And this can be done, obviously, in checkout or on the product pages. And also what we do, we can use these in emails. So if a customer has bought a certain item, you know, a laptop, for example, then in our emails to them in future, we can recommend a case that goes with it, software they might need for it, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So really, I think it's just about being, it's just being useful to the customer and being really relevant in what you recommend them. Yeah, yeah, and, mm-hmm. I, and I like that philosophy of trying to be uh, as useful and relevant as possible instead of just pushing them to to buy. If you're useful and relevant, I think the, the, the transaction will automatically follow. Um, yeah. So. Hey, uh, Graham, this has been very interesting and, and uh, we could probably go on for a, for a long time, but we're uh, running out of time and I just want to make sure that uh, our listeners know how they can find you, learn more about you and, and, and sales cycle. What's the best place for people to connect with you? Okay, uh, well, the um, salescycle.com um, okay. is the place you can find our company and details on our products. Um, for more detail and sort of advice, we have a blog which is currently at blog.salescycle.com. So we've got a lot of best practice advice, um, details of our products and what have you. So mm-hmm. um, that's a good place to check out. Um, I'm on Twitter at gcharlton. Uh, and SalesCycle is on Twitter at SalesCycle, so you can find us there. And again, lots of good tips and advice, hopefully. All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Graham. It's, it's been oh, absolutely thank great. Thanks. It's been great. Thank you. The E-Commerce Excellence Podcast is sponsored by Dexter.Agency. We help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic. Ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and, more importantly, revenue? Register for our free training, The 5 Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at Dexter.Agency slash webinar.